Great journalism needs good journalists. Few would argue with this statement. The media world is currently preoccupied with the challenge of sustaining good journalism, and the Global Forum for Media Development is no exception. GFMD is an international network of journalism support and media development organizations which are intent on securing a sustainable future for journalism as a public good. And for this to be realized, journalistic excellence, newsroom diversity, and the strong presence of women in the sector are a given. My guest today is someone with precisely this kind of commitment and more. Zoe Titus, who heads the Namibia Media Trust, which produces this Free Speak podcast, has just been elected the first African chair of the GFMD, and she's a woman on the move and with a mission. Congratulations, Zoe, and I look forward to chatting to you about your vision and goals in regard to the sustainability challenge. Thank you, Gwen. Lovely to be here again in the hot seat. Thanks, Zoe. I'm Gwen Lister, your host of this Free Speak podcast uh, produced by the Namibia Media Trust. And you can listen to us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. So let's start right off by asking Zoe, if we are to win the battle for sustainability in the media sector, one of the fundamentals is surely good journalism. Please, if you would, Zoe, give our listeners your thoughts on this as it pertains to your work both at the Namibia Media Trust and as you take over the chair at the Global Forum for Media Development. Gwen, um, just to sketch the scene, the work of the Namibia Media Trust, NMT, is to promote media freedom, freedom of expression and access to information. We do that in Namibia, but um, our reach uh, extends beyond the borders of Namibia. And our task essentially is to support the environment that enables good journalism. And that is exactly what the GFMD does, um, but at a global level. As a network of media development organizations, the GFMD advocates and lobbies at the highest level for policy frameworks that support uh, free independent media to continue serving our society. So. To answer your question, yes, indeed, the sustainability of good journalism is at the foundation of the work that all media development organizations do, the NMT, GFMD included. And GFMD, by the way, is a network of close to 200 uh, media development organizations globally. Right. So, um, but it's slightly broader than that, you know, sustaining good journalism one must also look at how that journalism or that news product is presented um, and ask the question, are media houses really engaging their audiences and serving the needs of their audiences? Right. That brings us, of course, to the question of trust. Exactly. Okay. So in line with what I've just asked you, I think... Uh, Diversity, newsroom diversity, because that's a very big debate uh, abroad, particularly in the United States. Um, and of course, it goes without saying, the elevation of women in journalism are other essentials uh, to developing the, the media agenda, if you like. What are your thoughts around this? And do you think we in Africa, to be more specific, are rising to these challenges? When the glass ceiling is cracking... right. But it's still there. Yeah. But at the same time, I must admit that there are a lot more focused efforts 
uh, to elevate women in the newsrooms, um, in the media space in general, but not enough. Um, I think that the obstacles that women face um, in newsrooms, in media management, are underreported, not enough as being done to ensure that the media space is a safe space or, for that matter, not enough as being done to develop and build female talent in the media space. So a lot, a lot remains to be done. A lot remains to be done. I mean, at this point in time, I don't think, while studies have been done, I don't think that there is a solid study that really targets all African countries, for example, exactly. and gives us a, a comparative analysis um, as to the state of the newsrooms as it pertains to the position and plight of women journalists. Right. I'm just wondering aloud, Zoe, if um, the fact that um, our dear friend and colleague Maria Ressa, who's just received the Nobel Prize for Peace, uh, which is the first time I think a journalist has, has been awarded this uh, global recognition since World War II or something. Indeed. Do you think, I mean, briefly, that something like this will will shine more of a spotlight on the role of women in journalism, especially concerning safety issues and obviously their ascendancy in the ranks of of the media world? Gwen, this is groundbreaking. It's a, it's a major shift from the norm. Um, through this win, uh, Maria and Dimitri have put front and centre the plight of journalists around the world, those who continue to speak truth to power at profound risk to their personal safety. Um, this will undoubtedly, I think, place greater focus on the need to ensure the safety of journalists, as you've alluded to, and to end impunity uh, for crimes against journalists. Hopefully, um, it would also give providence to the need to sustain public interest media and, yeah ideally uphold the pursuit of information as a public good. Zoe, we often talk about the loss of public trust, um, especially when it comes to so-called traditional or legacy media. Um, and I think obviously it's clear we need to get answers to this question if we are to, quote, save, unquote, journalism and try to wean people off their obsession with social media. What are your thoughts around, as we go forward, whether this is doable? Can we bring it back to where it used to be? Gwen, it's not just trust in the media, but it's trust in institutions in general, mm -hmm. a lack of trust in institutions in general, including governments. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there is some spiralling effect here. Right. Um, and the media then, as an institution needs to put in place certain steps to ensure that it regains that public trust. And the best way to do it is through accountability right. and transparency. Right. And it's not been the media's forte in the past to be engaging and transparent. So the business of media, of journalism, needs to change. And it is doable. There are many examples of how that is already being done elsewhere. Exactly. And I know it's been said before that, you know, it also offers media the opportunity to get out of their sort of ivory tower exactly. journalism of the past mm -hmm. and get down and dirty, so to speak, with their communities and with the people um, who they serve. You know, an excellent example is um, 
recently The Continent, the Mail and Guardian's yes. uh, WhatsApp-based publication, um, was in the predicament, some kind of conundrum, about whether or not to receive you know, advertising funding right. from, from a commercial uh, advertiser. And um, it was a dilemma for them. And what they did was to pose that question to their readers. And that kind of engagement right. and transparency is the new way to go. And definitely one would think would help to win back trust because the public feel and they have a say. And that is exactly, I think, at the end of the day, what um, was the result of that engagement. That's a very interesting example, Zoe. Thank you for that. Um, like the GFMD, Zoe, there are also other uh, regional and international organizations that obviously includes the NMT and others uh, who are striving to sustain good journalism. But I want to ask you, are these efforts being largely fragmented, pulling us in different directions, or do you think that there is enough synergy uh, among those media development groups looking to secure the future of journalism? Are they talking to each other? Or is everybody working in their own little areas and hoping at the end of the day to, to bring about solutions? I can give you the example of GFMD. Okay, which for is example. a conglomerate of media. Or yeah. Excellent, yeah. Um, and then IFEX, the International Freedom of Expression Exchange, right. which are, I mean, just two examples of global networks that are bringing people in the, one, media development space, and secondly, the freedom of expression space together because of the understanding that that networking um, and collaboration is going to be the foundation of any successful campaign um, to support good journalism. So, yes, um, there is synergy, many, many efforts to ensure that synergy, unfortunately, in our region, um, that is a challenge in other parts of the world. That remains a challenge. So it is in our interest, I think, for us to get together around the table to look at commonalities in what we are doing um, in synergy and to work together. Um, we are, at the end of the day, stronger together. The other question which sort of relates to that, Zoe, is whether in turn these media development organizations who are working on the sustainability challenge are in sync with the thinking of the media organizations themselves when it comes to this issue. I mean, we're all aware that many media houses are trying to innovate and create other sources of income to meet these uh, financial challenges, and public funding is just one of the proposed solutions. So it's a two-headed question in some ways. Is this in its own right not fraught with its own risks, especially when you look at people's perceptions of a media that is not able to stand on its own feet and may be susceptible to new influences and agendas that will in turn jeopardize their independence? So two things, really, if those organizations are hearing what the actual media want and need as far as development is concerned, and whether, as I say, that public funding proposals are not risky as well. You know, we always were suspicious of government-funded media. Now we've got big corporates donating. Is there an implicit danger in that, or what are your thoughts? 
When I think the, the best example to give at this point is probably the International Fund for Public Interest Media. Right. Um, a lot of research and consultation went into the process of setting up this fund. But, you know, the, the devil is in the details. Exactly. In terms of how it's practically going to roll out. I think that the whole discussion around sustainability of, of, of media is also evolving. One of the biggest sure. challenges, for example, is who would ultimately benefit? Uh, would there be a north-south divide again? Again. In addition to that, how would it benefit media in smaller markets? I, I, I get a sense that the, yeah. the big media houses, the big global media houses with, you know, with a global reach probably would appear as a safer and more sound investment to potential funders. But to answer your question about the potential ethical considerations, in our part of the world, it's difficult to envisage a scenario where governments would fund media without uh, attempting to control that media, especially our experience being that governments are still the, the biggest perpetrators of violations against media freedom and freedom of expression. That being said, there are those ethical um, questions that must uh, also be considered. They say, he who pays the piper calls the tune. So this does have implications for the independence of the media. So um, it remains a challenge and one that media houses uh, would have to navigate. Zoe, if we can go back to the issue of journalistic commitment to saving their craft, because I think it's very important that journalists themselves are invested in the challenge that lies ahead. Um, as you know, I also do quite a bit of training and mentoring, and it often strikes me that many of these young people aren't going to be what we could call lifers when it comes to a career in journalism. For many of them, it's a stopgap or a means to an end. Um, I guess that the skills won't be lost um, and that they take what they've learned um, into the other sectors they may go into. But how do you think we keep journalists committed to serving the public in an industry which has never really been known for its remunerative excellence, if that's the right phrase, and which is often a very thankless task and a dangerous profession sometimes for those working in countries where press freedom is constantly under threat. When a lot of that depends on media houses themselves, yeah. um, to make the profession more attractive to potential recruits, um, but also to look at internal mechanisms to develop talent, because journalism is also evolving and new skills are required um, that don't necessarily come out of a media training curriculum. Exactly. So um, there are people in IT, for example, that need to work side by side with journalists too produce this news product that now is uh, in demand by consumers. The important thing is that I don't think that uh, media houses have, in general, in terms of practice, um, looked at career development or gone to schools or universities or high schools, for that matter, to um, promote 
journalism as a potential career. And if there was greater literacy about what is expected of a journalist um, at an early age, you would, I think from day one, get the right people going into the media training institutions and who come out of those media in, uh, training institutions ready to serve and also with the, the, the required commitment to the craft. Right. Because also, I sometimes think that um, journalism, well, we, we often have that debate, um, are journalists born or are they made? And I guess it's a, it's a mixture of both of those um, areas, but uh, it's absolutely essential going forward that we really do need good journalists. Uh, we're going to save the industry for one purpose, really, and that is to serve the public. And we need the kind of commitment from those journalists who are really going to do the best work they possibly can do because we tend to forget sometimes and I often think that people in general don't realize how essential good journalism is for the maintenance of democracy and even where there is no democracy to give people voice. You're absolutely right, Gwen, and that's what I, I think I inferred originally. The fact that when, you know, you have um, young uh recruits coming out of, of, of high school, going into journalism degree, they are not fully aware or fully understand what journalism entails so that, you know, after their first year, they realize that maybe this is not for me. But if there is a general understanding of what journalism is, what you as an individual need to bring to the table in order to ensure that you do your bit to ensure access to information, informed societies, knowledge-based societies, then, uh, I mean, with that thinking from day one, you'll have the right cohort exactly. coming out of a training institution. Exactly. So journalism education starts long before you enter a university or a technicon. I think that's the approach we need to take. Absolutely. And also if we combine what you said earlier, Zoe, about actually winning back that public trust by being closer to the people and serving their agenda and as the example you sketched with the continent, getting people's opinions as we go forward, that it may make journalism less inaccessible perhaps uh, to people in general and they will see that they have a role too to play in the media agenda going forward. And, and maybe that combined with all these other development initiatives and so on can, can save it, really. And that is why, I mean, essentially, I think, we would um, deflect a lot of these obstacles if we had a media literate society. Absolutely. So media critical. literacy is, is, is important role. Critical, it's yeah. foundational to, I mean, everything that we are, are aspiring to. Exactly. Zoe, I think as we begin to conclude this podcast, just to take you back, and I mean, we've covered quite a wide area here today, which I think is important, but... At the same time, here you are heading the NMT and now, uh, as I say, chair, although it's early days yet, as I mentioned earlier, of the GFMD. I'd like to hear sort of some of your thoughts on the road ahead and if you like your personal prognosis about the future of journalism and the role 
if it's critical that these development organizations can play going forward? Gwen, support to, to public interest journalism is more critical now than ever before, and for a number of reasons. I think um, COVID has shone the light on the deepening inequalities in our societies. Journalism that highlights this, um, but journalism which is transparent, engaged, and solution-driven is essential to building just, informed societies. But journalism won't be supported for its own sake. It is the responsibility of those of us in the media to make a good case right. for supporting public interest uh, journalism. And those uh, that are in the profession um, must make that case to governments, to financiers and to the public and to each of these entities in a way that makes sense to them and, and is relevant to them. Governments and financiers, for example, um, need to understand that a free media which produces good journalism is good for business so that their investment is justified. Um, the public, on the other hand, needs to be sensitized to the role that journalists and journalism play in our societies. I have a photo on my computer of a young boy holding a placard. It's in some demonstration. I, I, I don't know where exactly. But what it says on the placard is, First, they came for the journalists. We don't know what happened after that. Right. I think that sums it up. Absolutely. And so, if I may, uh, just to ask you, uh, in line with that, how are we doing really? Are, do you think we, we are getting closer? Because this has been a while now that if we look at especially African media, by about 2016 was when it really started to unravel, if you like, that sort of faith and confidence in media, which had been there very strongly before, and a belief in freedom of the press and all those freedoms, which, according to Afrobarometer, has deteriorated over the years. Access to information, I mean, I don't want to hijack this discussion by going into that discussion, but at the same time, this is part of the problem, isn't it, that we need to somehow get people to understand how important access to the correct and the right information is so essential for their own lives and development. And um, we need to win that battle as well. And if we win that battle, I think we can win the battle to bring back people to good media that is doing its job and, and informing people truthfully. Do you think we sort of, is there a bit of improvement? I think that there is steady improvement I think the latest indices actually show that trust, that the media is slowly regaining public trust. But that is because there is now a greater investment in solid, good public interest journalism. Also because media houses understand that the way they do journalism needs to change. So as this evolves... I think that trust will be regained um, as governments now, and this is also on the increase um, of promulgating access to information legislation, as that gains momentum. Um, there will also hopefully be a regaining of trust in public institutions, but um, this is a disruptive era. Absolutely. So... Um, we can't foretell what is going to happen, 
But the one thing I can guarantee you is that journalism is not dying and good journalism is going to survive all um, these battles and challenges that we are facing. And I'm just thinking, Zoe, and we can conclude on this note with your thoughts that, you know, I thought about it recently when uh, Facebook and WhatsApp and everything went down uh, for a couple of hours, the outrage and the, you know, everybody didn't know what to do with their lives. Wouldn't it be nice if, um, <laughs> you know, there, there, there was the same kind of outrage, if you like, and anger um, when good newspapers are shut down or when good media houses can't sustain anymore. So hopefully the worm will turn, as they say, <laughs> in time. And because obviously I think there's more and more reason for people to be more suspicious about as media literacy takes hold about what they read on social media and so on and drive them back to reputable sources of news. And I'm sure media themselves as well as the development organizations and everybody else hopes that that is going to happen eventually and that people really come to recognize the value of good journalism and the investment in it is worthwhile and especially independent journalism at every turn. Last thoughts. When you're absolutely right, and interestingly, when uh, the social media network shut down, I mean Facebook in this instance, yes. where did people go to? They went to those trusted news media to find out... How it went down. And how exactly. it went down, exactly. So we we living in transforming societies, and as these societies transform, journalism too needs to transform. That's our biggest challenge, to remain relevant to the people that we are duty-bound to serve. Zoe, I think that's a very good note to end this podcast on, and thanks again for your time. Best wishes for your new role in the GFMD, and look forward to, as I say, seeing even bigger improvements, and also, importantly, that you're bringing sort of African voices onto that international agenda, which I think is very, very important, that... It's one of the ways to sort of, if you like, conquer the north-south divide. So we're expecting big things of you. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Gwen. And to all our listeners out there, please keep listening to our NMT Free Speak podcasts. Once again, you can listen to us on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Thanks for joining and see you next time.